In pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential. 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 Jesus House for All Nations. This message has been recorded live at Jesus House for All Nations. God bless you. To share the word with us is someone who is very, very, very dear to my heart. Um, someone that my wife and I fondly call Dr. Deaconess. And she is a doctor. She has a doctorate degree. She is an ordained Deaconess. She's for many years poured herself into this church with her husband and for many years uh, given herself to lead us into God's presence Sunday after Sunday, weekday after weekday um, as a leader uh, in our music ministry, the tribe of Judah. I am certain that God will speak through her as he gives us revelation about this weapon of praise and who better to to take us on this journey this is someone who's a practitioner not just somebody who's going to speak um, out of the theory uh, of theology but someone who's a practitioner i know that she's lived it out in her life so please make her welcome make her feel very at home um dr deaconess as we fondly call her but more formally deaconess for me gibson white make her welcome as she comes to share the word of god God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wait, let me, let me present the microphone to you. I call her my pastor. Praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was a big shock. <laughs> to make me feel comfortable. I just want to give glory to God. Can you just join me as I lift him up? You alone are God and you are God by yourself. You do not need another one to be God. That's our father. He sits and he rules in the affairs of men. He's worthy of praise at all times. The Bible says he does not sleep. He does not slumber. What manner of God do we serve? The Bible says he finishes a thing before he starts it. Which means that everything is at his back and call. What can surprise him? You were worthy of praise. You were worthy to receive glory. Worthy to receive honor. Worthy to receive adoration. Worthy to receive my praise. Worthy to receive my worship. What is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you care? Oh God, you are bigger than words can describe. My mind fails me right now. Who can comprehend him? He comes riding upon the clouds, the Bible says. He is the man of war. He is the man of war. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. What is it that you're thinking is impossible? He's able to do far above what your mind can ask or think. Give him glory. Hallelujah. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy of worship. You're worthy to receive our praise this morning. I want to say thank you. Please, you may be seated. I just really want to say thank you for the opportunity. Um, Pastor is not here, Pastor Agu. But I thank him for believing in me. I thank my pastors, Daddy Doc, as we fondly call him. 
Pastor Chizo, Pastor Funke, everybody, Pastor Derele, everybody sat here. They have shown us, I say us because IBK is coming in second service, great love and encouragement. And for that, I am truly, truly grateful. So this morning, Pastor has already said it. I will be speaking on the topic, praise as a weapon of warfare. But before we do that, I wanted to just remind us of the things that we have learned over the past few weeks. Thank you, choir. Thank you, guys. Love you. Um, so over the past few weeks, we've been learning about warfare. And we have looked at the scriptures in great detail. And we have understood more than we have ever that the mission of the enemy is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But at the same time, we have now fully grasped that Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. We also have been able to understand that we do not wage this war against flesh and blood. We wage it against principalities in high places, our enemy who does not want us to prosper or become what God wants us to become. We also understand that he operates with allies or people that you can say are his um, workforce. Pastor has fondly called them bodiless persons. So we have this great understanding. Pastor also finished last week the amos that we have to put on. In Ephesians 6, 11 to 18, the armors are lifted, listed there. And um, last week, he finished speaking about them. So we looked at the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the shield of fate, the helmet of salvation, and then the last one, the offensive weapon, the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Now we know that there are other weapons available to us. We know that we have the name of Jesus. We have prayer, we have thanksgiving, and then we have praise. So as I pondered over the message, I thought, you know, why didn't they mention praise? Why didn't they say um, praise from your lips? Then I realized that actually all of that is covered in that offensive weapon, which is the word of God. Because what the Bible tells us about God is the truth, is the word of God. I also thought to myself, I think I will be taking it for granted if I assumed that everyone understood what it meant to praise. And I say that from a position of, you know, like just thinking about myself. I was raised a Catholic. My parents were Catholics. My dad served as an altar boy. My mom also served in the church, and we all grew up as Catholics. And one of the things, I, I mean, I could say all the prayers, I could say the creed, even in Latin, you know, went to everything. But you know that as much as we used that Jesus was the lamb that was slain for us, do you know I actually didn't understand what that meant until I became born again? I don't know why they said Jesus was the lamb that was slain. Jesus died for us, but I didn't have deep understanding that the reason why he is the lamb that was slain was simply because in the time before Jesus came, they had to slaughter lambs, 
you know, for their sins and for the remission of sins. And Jesus came to do that. I had no understanding of that. So I'm not going to take it for granted that we understand what it means to praise. And do pardon me if you do. What does praise mean? I thought, you know, don't make it complicated. Just look it up. What does the dictionary say about praise? And it simply says to express warm approval or admiration for someone or for something. And then another version says to express respect and gratitude as an act of worship. So there's one thing I'd like us to do. I love experiments. That's what I do for a living. I want you to turn to the person next to you and just express warm approval or admiration to them. Say something nice. That's simply what it means. Just say something nice to them. Great. So from my experiment, what I discovered to present my results was that I suddenly saw a lot of teeth. People were smiling. So I thought, oh, that's really good. It means that someone said something nice to the other. Everyone likes praise. Everybody likes praise. We have a little dog. We call him Elvis. If I say to, and I mean it because people say, you have a dog? Yes, we do. It's called Elvis. And when I say to Elvis, good dog, whatever Elvis is doing, he multiplies the effort so that he can get more praise. For some reason, Elvis now understands that good is approval. So can you imagine that I think every living thing likes praise? Our Father in heaven likes praise. He enjoys praise. The Bible tells us in Psalm 22 verse 3, the Amplified Classic Version, says, but you are holy. Oh, you dwell in a holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. Another version says he, he inhabits the praises of his people, which means he likes it. He likes it. Now, in fact, the Bible says to us that we are commanded to praise him. So Psalm 156 says, let everything that has breath praise him, which means that the only time you really stop praising, and we really don't because we just transition over to heaven, is when you are no longer breathing. So it means that praise is a command and something that delights our God. Someone might say to me, why does God like praise? He wants it for our own good. There isn't anything that we can say. Everything I said to him this morning, why are you mindful of us? Why do you love us? You come riding upon the clouds. Those are things that he has revealed to us about himself. So there isn't really anything that we're going to tell him that surprises him. However, for our own good, he says we must praise him because our praise does a few things. And I'm sure it does many things, but there were three things that came to mind as I prepared. Our faith increases, our faith increases, or we are encouraged 
when we praise him. And when you start praising, if you do it really well, you start to magnify God in your head. You start to see him much bigger than maybe what your situation is or what your knowledge of him was before you decided to praise. And that's why we can say these words over and over and over again, and they still have the same power. I cannot tell you how many times I have said, he comes riding upon the clouds. I've said it so many times. Or how many times I've said, you are good, you are merciful, you are kind. But still, every time I say it, something pops. It just makes the whole picture so much bigger for me. Also, you can't praise from a place of timidity. You cannot go into war from a place of timidity. So you need your faith to have increased before you even start to use that weapon of praise. So let's face ourselves first, which is to get ourselves encouraged. And I have a story that, I, that actually just popped into my mind this morning as I was having my, um, getting ready for church. I remembered when I gave my life to Christ. I just got married then. Remember, I already shared with you that I was raised a Catholic. So when I met my husband, who was already going to um, an RCCG church, I just, you know, marriage just puts you in, into that church. And I just followed him um, to the church and started to attend the church. And I remember we were invited to what was the workers' meeting. Um, the workers were going on a retreat. And Reverend Joaliah, who we very much know in this church, was taking this retreat and it was the first time the first time I had seen the manifestations of demons so you can imagine what was going through my head from my catholic position to that so they were lacking resource so it's not like I even knew at the time that I was called to worship I just could sing they came to our wedding and I sang a song to him and and they thought, okay, well, she can sing. She can help us in this workers' meeting. So they said the songs will be simple. As a BV, the leader will be leading and you will be singing. And as they started to lay hands on workers and pray for them, people were manifesting voices as the things that Pastor described were very much happening there. And God knows. I didn't stop singing, but I was so scared. What is this? Do you know, do you know that, I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now. Reverend Joaliah, there were three of us backing up. He said, tell that girl, me, to stop singing. Do you know why? At the time when he said, I'm like, well, thank you, because <laughs> it's a bit much. So I was told to sit down. I was very grateful to sit down because I needed to just try and process what I was saying. But you know, he never explained anything to me. But as I grew in the Lord, as I matured, I realized what he was trying to do. He didn't want me to spoil the war. Because already I was saying to the enemy, you can get me. You can shoot me. I'm so scared. He could hear it in my voice. It was that evident. I mean, there were four people singing, three backups and the lead. However, he was able to pick out that I was afraid. And I was removed from the front of the wall so that I wouldn't jeopardize it. So you cannot go praising without 
having first boosted your faith. And that's why we need it. You cannot go to war if your faith is not boosted. Psalm 34, 1-2 says, Lord, I am bursting with joy over what you have done for me. My praise are full, my, my lips are full of perpetual praise. I am boasting of you and all the works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. That is what praise does for us. Also, when you praise, let your imagination run wild. Think about it. The, the Bible says, heaven is, the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Just think about it. If he sits in heaven and the earth is his footstool, how big is this God? So let your imagination start. When you read these things, let them be magnified. And that's how your faith is increased. What is the other thing that happens? The second thing that happens is that our praise brings fear and confusion into the camp of the enemy. The enemy cannot stand the praise of God. It makes them tremble. And we have many examples in the Bible where Jesus goes to cast out or the presence of God, which is representative of his praise, they cannot stand. They tremble at his presence. So fear is created in the camp of the enemy when we praise. And we will go and look at different things, um, different examples of warfare, how this um, weapon, praise, has been used. But I just wanted you to know what are the three main things that it does. Now, I also remembered as I thought, um, thought about this message, when my son was three years old, I don't know if there are any parents who remember the book, The Gruffalo. My son was three years old when he was told the story of the Gruffalo. I don't think he had even seen the Gruffalo, but he was told that the Gruffalo has terrible tusks, terrible claws, terrible teeth. In his terrible claws, jaws, he has terrible jaws. He's the Gruffalo. And says that he has turned out toes and a poisonous wart at the end of his nose. My son had never seen the Gruffalo, but just the things that they said about the Gruffalo made him scared. Now, we had to bind the Gruffalo because he was really scared. You know, he had not seen, he was three years old. They had just described this thing with terrible teeth and claws and, and this and that, and he suddenly became afraid of it. That's what our praise does. When we say that, who can stand against him? Who can? The enemy starts to tremble because we are describing this God who is able to do things. So, this example is just to create that. You don't even, they, they don't, all they need to do is just hear that praise and they start to tremble. The third thing is that our praise enforces judgment on our enemies. And I will read Psalm 149, 5 to 6. It says, God's high and holy praises, and I'm reading from the TPT version. God's high and holy praises fill their mouth. For their shouted praise are their weapons of war. I just want to make sure it's on the screen because this is very important. It says, these warring weapons will bring vengeance on every opposing force and every resisting power. These are these bodiless persons. To bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors 
will enforce the judgment doom decreed against their enemies. This is the glorious honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, like I said, he doesn't need the praise. The praise is for us. And he's giving it to us so that we can use it to enforce judgment on our enemies. Now, I want us to quickly look at some examples where praise was used as a weapon of warfare. And I would take us to Second Chronicles 20. It's a little bit long, but I'll, I'll try and read it fast. Second Chronicles 20. So starting from verse 1. So it happened after that, the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat, who was leading Israel at the time. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, or was, um, sorry. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, Tamar, which is El Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast through all Judah. Apologies, he was leading Judah at the time. There had been a, a split. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land forever? Before you, inhabitants of this land, before your people, Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have dwelt, built your sanctuary in it for your, for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence or famine we will stand before the temple in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our afflictions you will hear and you will save and now here are the people of Ammon Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of Egypt so the Lord had told them in when they were leaving Egypt that do not in fact the word he used was do not provoke these people which I felt was a regard for them. God was saying, don't provoke these people. So they hadn't really done anything. So because of that, the, the Lord had judgment upon them. It says that she would not let Israel invade when they came out of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, possession which you gave, have given us to inherit. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Now, just for time, I would move on. Basically, he was praying to God. And the instruction that came to him was, get the praisers. Begin to praise. Get the people together. One of the priests was giving this word. So the next morning, I go on to 20. So the next morning, they rose early. 
and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when they had consulted with the, with the people, he appointed those who would sing. This was the instruction of God. They would sing to the Lord, and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercies endure forever. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord, they didn't do anything. They didn't bring out any weapons. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude and they were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. So all they needed to do was praise the Lord. And the battle that was the Lord's was handled by the Lord. I think that if we believe truly the word of God, this is one big example where we don't have to speak We don't have to do too much. We just have to praise. Now, I said that prayer was also a weapon that the Lord has given to us. There are times when we actually stop praying and we start praising. We start praising. For sometimes, the extra ingredient needed to the breakthrough or for the breakthrough is that praise. So we must not cease to praise. And there are many more examples that I can give. Like Paul and Silas, when they were imprisoned um, for casting out a spirit of divination in one of the slave girls in Israel. They were imprisoned. They were locked up. In fact, the Bible says they were put in the deepest part. So what you would call confined solitary in this time. They were put there. And all they did was they started to pray and to praise. And the chains were broken. Also in Joshua 3, that I will just paraphrase, when they were going to cross the river of Jordan, the Lord gave them a word. He says, put the worshippers before, put the priest and, you know, the ark of the Lord, put it before. That was the first thing. And the ark represented the presence of God, which today we invite the presence of God with our praise and our worship. Because as I said at the beginning, that the Lord inhabits. So wherever we're praising, his presence is there. Also the wall of Jericho. We, don't, we didn't read anywhere that they had to bring out hammers and chisels to break it down. All they needed to do was shout and blow the trumpets, some sort of victorious praise, and the wall came tumbling down. How do we use these weapons of warfare? What will help us to understand the use of them? We had an exercise earlier on when I said, say something nice to somebody and everybody broke out in a smile. People were happy. I can tell you that there were two levels of satisfaction. Some people, when they spoke to the person next to them, could only say, I love your hair. You look nice this morning. I love your shoes, which is, you know, very superficial because they don't actually know the person. Some people know each other and they could say deeper things. I love the way you, I appreciate the way you, which means that 
If you want to praise effectively, you have to know God. You have to know the word of God. What does he say about himself? What does he say about himself? Because it would delight him more if you could praise him because you knew him. Rather than, because you, the, the truth is as human beings, we want to do whatever will bring us fast results. So we've spoken about praise being a weapon of warfare, but it's only effective if you really know who you are praising. That's why it means so much. If you think about it, when people are leaving the offices, the people who are closest to them in their office would write three, four lines. Some people would just say, good luck, because they never had a relationship. It's a good message. But it's not as deep as somebody who had something to say. If we have to praise effectively, we have to know who we are praising. We should start with simple things. You know, somebody might say, oh, Fumi started saying he comes riding upon the clouds. He's first and the last. He's the Yahweh. I don't know all of those things. Why don't you start with, I praise you because I have life. I praise you because I can walk. I praise you because I can breathe. I praise you because I just know you are my God. I praise you for salvation, if you've received salvation. I praise you because I know that you are kind. The truth is that we might not have experienced a massive miracle that gives us so much to say. But I say to you this morning that every day is a miracle. Every day is a miracle. All you need to do is go to the hospitals and see and see what happens there. I used to, um, my company used to go to the Great Ormond Street Hospital where I used to go and look at some patient files. And it was the most heartbreaking experience ever because you would see children with tubes, I mean, machines all over them. And you're thinking, this little child. And when I became a mom, I was just so grateful that I didn't have this to deal with. If I did, I'm sure the Lord is able to deliver me. But the truth is, I was grateful. I was grateful. So I think that every time we have something to be grateful about. Now, to build a relationship with God, you have to have first accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Because relationships are in stages. So... I meet you today. We say hi. You like my shoe. I like your shoe. And then from there, we, 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 you know, we say, oh, what's your number? And we start to chat. And in a year or two, we, if we're working on that relationship, we cannot communicate like we were communicating that first day. Otherwise, it's not really a relationship that we should be pursuing. We should hopefully have advanced to be able to talk about things, if they're Christian, to be able to pray together, to be able to share things together. So I want to say to you today that maybe you've been coming to church you know, you've just been coming. Like I was going to the Catholic church and I actually had no understanding of Jesus, the lamb that was slain. That's the foundation of everything. And if they had given me a form then, now I'm not saying that there was anything wrong with being Catholic. All I'm saying is that I was going there for nothing, really. Because I didn't even understand the basic principle of Jesus being the lamb that was slain for me. It took me a very long time to even grasp that after I had given my life to Christ. After I had 
gotten married. That's when I understood Jesus, the lamb that was slain. So maybe you are here today. And you've been coming to church. We've gone through the series. We've gone through everything. Pastor has spoken. Or maybe like me, you know, at that workers meeting, you're just so afraid. What do they really mean? Demons, bodiless persons, what are they talking about? There I say that I believe that I was one leg in, one leg out. I hadn't fully submitted myself to the faith. Maybe you are here and you are like that. You've been coming. When we say hands up, you lift up your hands. When we say shout hallelujah, you do all of that. But you don't have a relationship with God. Having a relationship with God is amazing. I always say that people, God is so funny. If you have a relationship with him and you converse with him about everything, his sense of humor is amazing. You will enjoy that relationship, I tell you. So if you haven't submitted yourself, you're just a church goer, but you haven't actually taken that step of faith to say that I want to be in a relationship with God. I invite you to please do so. It will help your praise. It will help you to wield that weapon of warfare. It would help your faith to rise. It would help you to be able to execute judgment. It just gives you a deeper right and understanding. So if you are here and you haven't yet given your life to Christ, I ask that you please put up your hands and we would lead you to Christ. It's nothing, um, it's not a big thing in terms of, oh, there's, there's going to be drama around it. It's a simple prayer. If you're here and you want to do so, please just put up your hand. And maybe you have been in a relationship with Christ, but you have kind of gone on the, on the wrong course. You no longer sort of service that relationship. You don't, you know, you're not in love like you used to be. And you want to rededicate your life to Christ. Can I invite you? Just in case people are shy, I would ask that we please bow our heads to allow people the freedom to put up their hands. And for the online congregation, we ask that you follow the instruction that the hosts will give to you to give your life to Christ. If there's anyone, the Lord is waiting for you. The Lord is waiting for you. The Lord is waiting for you. Maybe there's just a slight nudge on your heart. I say, you know what? I think it might be me. Just put up your hand. Put up your hand. And someone will come to you. Someone will come to you. Maybe someone is also saying, you know what? I don't even know where to start from. There's always a reason why people praise. So I don't have any. Life is tough. Life is rough. He hasn't answered anything. Why should I praise him? I pray for a garment of praise upon your life. Pray that the Lord will reveal himself to you. Pray that the Lord will visit you. And that he will put his praise on your lips in the name of Jesus.
The Bible says in Psalm 104, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It means that there are different dimensions of where God sits. The outer court is where we are grateful. Some people have a reason to be. Some people just understand that it is right to give thanks to God. That the Bible says in all things we should give him thanks. We should give him praise. There's that bit there. And then when we have advanced, we move into the courts. Where it says that only praise is the password or the access. That's how we should come in. And in that place, it's not dependent on your knowledge. It's really and truly dependent on you knowing that regardless of where you are, God is worthy of praise. The truth is, I'm sorry to tell you that you don't need a big testimony to praise God. That's elementary. We praise God because he's God. We praise him because he is good. Sometimes good things don't happen, but he's still worthy of praise. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me? Let's give him a clap offering. Father, we worship you. Oh Lord, we praise you. There's no God like our God. He speaks and it comes to pass. He watches over his word to see that it is performed. There's no shadow of turning with him. He can do all things. Ha. He can. We lift you high in this place. We glorify your name. We exalt you. We magnify you. For you alone are God, unchangeable God, unstoppable, unshakable God, mighty, 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 that's who you are, that's who you are, demons tremble at your presence. The mountains bow down before you. Great and marvelous, great and marvelous you are. I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in all of you holy god to whom all 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 the praise is due i stand in all somebody lift up your voice and say i stand in all i stand i stand
worship you. Go on, go on, lift up your voices and just hail, hail our God. He's worthy of your worship, my brother, my sister. God loves your praise. God inhabits your praise. God is magnified by your praise. What an awesome God. What an awesome God we have. We don't have any other God like him. There's none that is like God. God Almighty, the glorious King of the universe. We worship you, God. Who is like you unto you? Who is like unto you, God? In heaven and on the earth, who can compare with you? Oh, you are great and greatly to be praised. Heaven, heaven bows before you. The angels, they tremble before you. We bow, oh God, we bow, oh God. Oh, Malikete. Let's magnify, magnify, magnify. Oh God, oh God, Mashak. Who is like you, O Lord? Amongst the gods, who can compare with you? You are glorious in holiness. You are fearful in praises. Always doing wonders. Always doing wonders. Show your wonders in our midst, O God. We worship you, Father. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. What a privilege, O God, to honor your great name to magnify you. Father, this morning we join the angels, the 420 elders to say you are great and greatly to be praised. What a mighty God we serve. Blessed be your name, O God. Father, I pray that every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, you will show your greatness in our lives, O oh God. May your high praises never cease from our lips. Blessed be your name. And Father, as we lift up your name, lift up the name of Jesus. May our enemies be scattered, O oh God. May they tremble before us, O oh God. Blessed be your name. And Father, the chains and the shackles, may they be broken, O oh God. May the oppressed be delivered, everlasting Father. May the captives be set free. Thank you, o Lord our God. Take all the glory. Take all the adoration. Take all the praise, O God. In Jesus' name we have worship. Hallelujah. 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 